This call is being recorded. Thank you. Uh, once again, we are here for the Banter Pub FC podcast, uh, episode 10. Uh, thank you to our wonderful listeners and supporters for boosting uh, our listener numbers in the past several weeks while everyone's been stuck inside. Uh, it's been a very uh, tumultuous uh, kind of pause to the season as we're trying to figure out as football fans, what are we going to do? What are we going to watch? We've covered that in previous episodes. Um, and in those coming weeks leading up to this week, uh, we've uh, the Banter Pub FC has grown significantly. Uh, we are uh, honored to have uh, Haytham. Uh, did I pronounce that correctly? Is it Haytham or Hatham? Haytham? It's, uh, it's Haytham. Haytham. It just like a Haytham. Right. <laughs> Haytham. Um, so we have uh, Haytham here joining us, uh, one of uh, Amma's friends, and you are a Liverpool supporter, correct? All right. Yes. All right. Well, that's all you're going to get. Magnificent gentleman. That's the only intro you're going to get. That's it. That's all. <laughs> um, uh, and uh, yeah, you know, it's, uh, we have a few other folks joining us as well. Um, you know, and this is a really uh, exciting time. We're going to have some special guests and some special episodes coming up. Um, unfortunately, this is not the episode where we're going to be unloading on our new uh, Chelsea supporter that joined recently, but um, we will be saving that episode for the future. Uh, but, uh, and maybe it will be a surprise. Who knows? Uh, in the meantime, uh, I wanted to get the podcast started. Uh, and with that, obviously coming out of, uh, you, you know, last week we covered a lot of interesting news and tidbits that were kind of thrown together this week. There's been some interesting developments, one of which was at the beginning of the season. Um, and that was that Newcastle, uh, is, has a, you know, has new ownership, uh, or, is transitioning to new ownership. Um, and that new ownership happens to come from uh, Saudi Arabia um, at the tune of 30 million euros. Or, I'm sorry, 300 million euros. I'm sorry, 300 million euros. Um, and they will be taking over, I believe, an 85% stake of Newcastle. Um, and before we started the recording, we were kind of going into a little bit uh, a, a, a little bit of a tete-a-tete -tete as far as what's going to happen with the movement of the league and, and things of that nature. Um, and yeah, I think it's a, uh, you know, um, of all the teams <laughs> for me personally, of all the teams to uh, get a jolt in their financial coffers um, for someone that, for, you know, for the, you know, for the listeners who play uh, FIFA career mode um, you know, you have the option to uh, potentially get a financial takeover and get an influx of millions of dollars into your team for the following season, depending on how you play. And this is that same kind of situation um, where a, you know, a team that was two seasons ago playing in the championship um, has a storied history, you know, let's not, I mean, out, yeah. you know, Alan Shearer is one of the greatest goal scorers in the prem. Um, and uh, despite playing for an awful club, uh, and you know, that's the, the, the you know, despite my personal feelings for that club, um, you know, obviously Manchester United and Newcastle have a storied history for the, for the, for those that are, are listening for the first time, but, um, yeah, I, wow. I, I'm, uh, not necessarily flabbergasted by the situation. I know we've all have our own thoughts about this you know what this takeover means for the league and in terms of parity um and you know bringing a, a team not necessarily from squalor because you know newcastle was 
around it, it, when, when Newcastle went up, they've only been in the bottom half of the table um, for a short amount of time. So since since they've been in the top flight for I think two and a half seasons now, well, and two and a half meaning because the, right now the season is paused. But you know, I feel like Newcastle for me, guys. You know, Newcastle could have done uh, a, or or is about to do a tremendous amount of work this summer. I think uh, based on the article in the docket, uh, one of their top targets is Antoine Griezmann. We talked about Antoine Griezmann in the last episode. Uh, we call him Mr. Blackface because that's what he is. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I, I, I wouldn't even think Newcastle would be a target of, you know, would, would be a place for him to end up other than the fact that he's going to be making money because him – him playing there isn't going to change the fact that Newcastle's defense is atrocious. And, you know, obviously they're going to have the money to buy a who's who of talent with $300 million coming in. But I'm curious how everybody else feels about this uh, change of pace for Newcastle. Change of financial pace, that is. Yeah, uh, I'll go really quickly. Um, You know, we were talking about this a little bit before the call. And, you know, my quick thoughts are, you know, I think parity in any league is um, something to be, you know, desired. Uh, for the, particularly, even if you are the, a fan of one of the top teams, like if I was thinking about here in the U.S., um, you know, even if you are a, uh, I'll put it for American football, my absolute favorite team is the San Francisco 49ers. And I fell in love with them when I was younger, you know, during the glory days of the 80s and 90s. And even though it's been a long time since we've actually secured a Lombardi trophy, the idea that really any year you can, you can, you know, have a shot. I mean, last year we played in the Super Bowl and it's very tough and painful for me to think about that loss. But the previous year, we were, you know, 2 and 14. So imagine, again, like a bottom half team, or not even a bottom half team, like a barely missed relegation team, you know, all of a sudden the next year being, you know, fighting for the um, premiership or whatever. Like that is, the, you know, the equivalent. And so the idea that something like that can happen um, on a consistent basis just makes everything much more exciting. Every game matters that much more, um, you know, all those different things. Now, having said that, um, you know, there are uh, teams, and I'll even just say with, um, you know, the, where the money is coming from. I don't, I don't remember if you talked about, like I said, the idea that this is, you know, supposed to be supposed You can say city. It's well, okay. no, 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 no. I mean, <laughs> let's, so, so to that point, I mean, you've got, you know, a team like Manchester City. Imagine a Newcastle becoming the new Manchester City. It's just crazy, right? But as well, you know, again, thinking about what the that money, where that money's coming from, and I mean, I'm not even trying to necessarily be funny, but you know, it is kind of funny to think about some of the shady dealings that City has been involved in, and you know, having that be something that is you know potentially more you know, prevalent or, you know, I mean, just, just that, that that kind of money coming into the league is not necessarily a good thing. Um, so 
that's the thing that you have to keep in mind. And as well, hopefully, you know, the new owners really respect the game. You always worry about that when you have, like, these super rich folks who come and just buy a team and it's kind of like their toy. Um, I won't, you know, I don't speak the um, technical uh, trademark name of the Washington American football team. But, you know, I think about their owner and how trash their team has been for so long. And a lot has, has been because of him. And, no, you know, you don't want to, again, have more of those people who come in and like, oh, I've made billions or whatever. And this is, like I said, just my toy. Like, as a fan, if I were a fan of that team, I would be like, I want this person going, but you can't kick out the, the owner. You can, they can fire coaches. They can get rid of players. But the owner, that just puts them in a tough spot. So, um, anyway, I'll, I'll let other people chime in, but that's kind of, like I said, my uh, – well, I think it's the um, hello, by the way, gentlemen. Um, but I think it's a, a fitting end to the Mike Ashley era to sell to a Saudi Arabian consortium. That's a tune of eighty-five percent of the club, by the way. It is. It is absolutely poetic. How um, what's the word I'm looking for? Predictable. Uh, that kind of ending could have been. I mean, as if we could not encapsulate any more of a scumbag that this guy is, here we are. So it's just like, for me, when I saw that, and I thought to myself, nah, if the sun is reporting it, I don't think it's real. Let me double check with another source. And then I'm seeing everybody else starting to, you know, it all start to trickle through. I'm thinking to myself, okay, so this is, this is definitely happening. <laughs> like, it's like right. when the it's like when the Bond villain teams up with like Magneto or something like that. Do you know what I mean? Like it's just it's really that's an interesting movie. Go ahead, go ahead. It, it, but it's really but it's really scary. Like you, no, no, somebody no, it's a really scary movie. Yeah, it's just it's like I don't get I don't get it. Like all this talk I about them probably being Magneto would be an interesting combination. That, that I just, mean that's a visual that it, that's just an interesting combination. But go ahead. The point is, is that, you know, you've got two, like, evil superpowers in capitalism coming together, right? And then you right. know, they basically said, let's go ahead and make Newcastle what you what the fans want it to be. At least that's the, what they're saying they're, they're doing it for. I just think it's another billionaire entering the battle of the billionaires. It's, it's just really, like, it's just who this alliance is that really kind of fascinates me. <laughs> like, it's just, it's it's so evil, and yet... Newcastle supporters absolutely deserve this because they came so close in that one very, very famous season where Kevin Keegan said he would love it if they beat them and yep. didn't. <laughs> <laughs> didn't happen, you did it, love Kevin? It. Yeah. I'm I would love it if we beat them. I'd love it. Um, yeah, I, uh, I, so I have two thoughts. One on the parody thing and the other on uh the billionaire angle um it's like you know we already have scumbag billionaires in the league um there's dirty money all around you know what i mean like so i'm not mm-hmm. overly surprised amused. scumbag billionaire is that like a new that's another good movie even win awards right like um that 
so the, that that angle, you know, like we got Roman Abramovich, right? We've got we've got billionaires with shady connections. We've got the Glazers, obviously. Over the place. Got, um, yep. You yeah, know, um, I mean, it, it's it's rife. And then you want to talk about the using, you know, the billionaires using the, the sports franchise as a, as a toy. You know, I mean, look no further than Stan Kroenke. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, so I don't have a lot of empathy for. That's kind of where I'm are... coming from as well. <laughs> <laughs> like, I didn't, I didn't want to be, I didn't, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to scale back on the bluntness, you see, Emma. And I'm like, <laughs> I just well, I don't fair. I don't want to be too sharp, but that's ex- that's yeah that's exact that's where I'm at. It's just like here's another one to come yeah. and play with the but, others, and we're all gonna but, watch because we we love this game and we have nothing else to do. Yeah, so, <laughs> right. so, so yeah, to be part, clear, I think I think that the, sorry, go ahead. No, no, I was going to say that the, just the, just the second part, right? Like so, just the parody piece is I think this is the quote unquote parody league. In the, of the top leagues in Europe, this is the league that has the closest thing to parity, despite the range in sizes and um, on the stature of the clubs that make up uh, the Premier League. So, I mean, it's impressive year on year how there's always one promoted team punches above their weight. They finish, you know, mid table or above. I mean, like. Wasn't that long ago when Leicester won the league? Wolves are impressive. It have been impressive for a couple of seasons. Uh, right. Sheffield United sitting in it very close to the top four, right? Um, and it's not like we haven't seen. And money doesn't mean success, right? It doesn't mean we're going to get parity. Um, if you remember, a season or two ago, Fulham came up, splashed the cash, um, and, and just Peter Dutton. Ah, oh, yes. <laughs> Muhammad Fayed. Oh, that was a tasty era, wasn't it? Like, uh, Fulham had players like you wouldn't believe would be Fulham players. At one point, uh, like Andre Schurler, um, they had him. Yeah. People Mitrovic. completely They had Mitrovic, Clint Dempsey. Sessignon. Um, Ces- oh, Sessignon. Ryan Sessignon, who... Uh, who is faltering at Spurs, by the way? I, I think it's, it's not right. him, it's Spurs. Let's be well, fair, it's Spurs. It's okay. absolutely Spurs. Python? Python? Um, I, I, I think you missed it. Hold on. There you go. Go ahead. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I totally agree with the whole parity thing. Um, I think before the Colts saw that we were... Um, uh, Sheldon was talking about La Liga and how there are always two teams. It's all over Europe. Um, I hate La Liga. I, I don't enjoy watching their games. It's always, you know, either Real winning or Barcelona winning, which I, I understand they're going through some rough times nowadays. Um, however, the whole Newcastle thing. Go ahead. Keep I'm, going. Just, um, I'm just. I'm uh, just. I don't know. Um, again, you know, obviously I'm a Liverpool fan and I detest the whole thing about the city ownership. I think someone's going to go to jail, but that's a different topic for another day. <laughs> so uh, 
with, with with people coming in with money, I think there's another team actually in the uh, Premier League. I can't remember if it's um, I can't remember which team, but they just there was a, a big court case uh, for ownership, and and a Saudi prince I think ended up you know winning ownership basically. I can't remember. Does anyone remember which team that was? In which uh, season? You talking about recently? Uh, yeah, this season. I think it's Norwich actually. It's either Norwich or I can't remember. Which. But anyways, um, uh, it's a. I mean, there are just advantages and disadvantages to it. Um, uh, again, the advantages you guys have talked about them, the parity. But again, like Ahmed said earlier, and uh, Sheldon, it doesn't mean it doesn't translate automatically to winning. You know, so. I'm kind of torn, but at the same time, I don't really care. Um, you know, let the Saudis come in and uh, waste their cash, and hopefully, you know, no one gets hurt. Yeah, well, uh, <laughs> I think someone will get hurt, first of all. Um, uh, and this is me agreeing with a Liverpool supporter, which is shocking. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I just. Uh, I would have loved, and I and I and I had actually said this before we started recording. I would have loved, to the parity point, if this was a club that had a little bit more res- self-respect as a, not just a city but also the supporters that could desperately use an influx of money, whether it be American, whether it be Saudi, which wh- whether it be Richard Branson, for instance. Um, not that well, actually, Richard Branson's a bad example, but um, uh, yeah, just just the idea of. Uh, you know, them investing in, uh, you know, even if it's Wolves, for instance, you know, you know, we, you know, we've talked at length about Wolves as a club, just, you know, doing the business, so to speak, right. And just being this amazing club that uh, is consistently uh, in the conversation, right. They're, they're, and their fan base is only growing. Um I would have loved for it to be like a Brighton and Hove Albion. Um, if West Brom was still in the top flight, I would have loved for it to be like a West Brom situation. Um, you know, uh, maybe it's a club that's in that's in the championship right now that they get a boost from a fi- from a financial resource and that propels them from the middle of the table in the championship to the top of the table and then into the prem. Obviously, that would be this amazing success story if they if if those players actually show out, right? Um, and that happened to a certain degree with Fulham. Obviously, they're a bad example because they puttered out and went right back into the championship, and they have no signs, at least at present, of coming out of that. So, um, you know, Newcastle has seen recent success, um, and I really don't think they should be presented with this $300 million to say, now you can literally buy any player you want to not even compete, right? This isn't even a compete situation. Because for me, again, if we're talking about parity, give it to a club that's at the bottom of the championship. Give it to a club at the bottom of League One. Give it to a club at the bottom of League Two. <laughs> that's that's parity, right? That That's where you literally go into FIFA career mode and, you know, hack it so you give a club a million dollars or no, a, a billion dollars or whatever, and then you literally buy literally all the players that you want, and you bring them like it's 
it's literally a fantasy player's wet dream to literally get $300 million, whether the league was paused or not. But now we're in a situation where, you know, Newcastle is in the driver's seat of so many players' thought process that are thinking about transferring this summer because we're already talking about Antoine Griezmann. Hmm. Um, you know, two, two episodes ago, um, Koulibaly, was on the was on was on top of mind for not just Arsenal but United and other you know other wish lists right we're talking about um, Coutinho uh, Coutinho right we're talking about uh, you know we're t- <laughs> um, uh, we're talking about Mbappe we're talking about which is going to pitch like imagine Sheldon for instance you you were just talking about parity imagine if Newcastle went out of their way to buy uh Mbappe next year how would that make you feel considering you've been clamoring for him for two seasons now <laughs> listen I would <laughs> I would be pretty hurt but at the same time no okay. the, the, no no I have to stop you there uh-uh no <laughs> we've talked about this Sheldon we have talked <laughs> about <laughs> this we have talked about this for at least I don't know four episodes now he is not allowed to go to Liverpool, so get it out okay. of your mind. He's not allowed, okay. bro. He's listen, not. Listen, Let listen, him go listen. to Newcastle. That, I happen that... to think he'll look quite fetching in black and white. Thanks very much. You know, and that's genuine. Some look like prison outfits, so no one would so, so so any black player in those kits would look awful. First of all, and they all look awful any time they're in. Oh, I didn't think of it like that, but now that you mention it, yeah, well, um, that's a fair point. One one thing I must say, as a Liverpool uh, supporter, I, I also uh, want to shoot the legs of Newcastle for what they did to Rafa, but that's a whole other conversation. Um, but no, I mean, I think, like I said, at the end of the day, um, yeah, like I said, it's, it's so actually, I wanted to go back to the point you were talking about earlier about, you know, Joseph was saying, you know, or, you know, I guess you and Anna were talking about not feeling sorry for the league or whatever, because there's already people doing, you know, you know, shady billionaires already, which, yeah, that's, I, I mean, yeah, they clearly are, but do we want to add more to the pot or do we want to... You know, would you rather it be somebody else who, um, you know, you respect more? I guess is maybe the better best way of saying it. Right. Um, you know, that's run. that's. Uh, go ahead. Sorry, no. I mean, I, to answer your question, I would rather it go back to a public-owned base system. Well, I really do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's and that's I guess that, that's what I'm just saying. Like, there's an idea of. The more that billionaires treat these teams as toys, the less likely that something like that is going to happen, uh, unless you call it a revolution and, you know, we march on the you know, ownership or something like that. But I guess that's kind of my point is that, you know, I, I would like to push towards something that does, you know, that, that starts to approximate that um, and more just, obscenely wealthy people coming in and uh, buying teams. Because another thing that happens is, well, with that, you know, with some some billionaires that come in and buy teams, sometimes they realize, oh, this is not a good investment. I'm not going to, you know, I'm going to sell it, you know, um, or they get kind of cash strapped for for whatever reason. They're like, okay, I got to sell it, 
when right. you're obscenely wealthy, it's like, okay, 300 mil, like, all right, you know, go check in my, you know, my bedroom over there and, you know, take what you need. You know what I mean? Like, that's a different, um, that's a different thing. But, and, and like I said, I, I don't think it's, this is really a, a huge, huge point. At the end of the day, I think we all agree that we want more parity. Uh, we just want more uh, equity um, as well. And so that's kind of like my final thought on it. And to your point, the, the, the fans are not going to get, I think the fan percentage ownership of Newcastle is like less than 1%. And even the two owners that owned it originally, or not, or not originally, but before the buyout, only get, are only getting five, are only sharing 5%. So, and the rest is going to this one owner. So from a, so literally he's going to literally play, uh, what is it? Um, club manager, or not, or not club manager, but um, football club manager and literally play fantasy ball and just buy whatever players he wants. doesn't even matter if they fit a system. He's just going to buy them and literally hoard them so nobody else can get them. And it's going to, for me, I agree with you, Sheldon. And I agree with I you. Like Newcastle or Chelsea? Sorry. Go ahead. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I think you're muted. Hold on. There you go. Go ahead. Yeah, I was wondering, like, what club we were talking about. It sounded like we were definitely talking about Chelsea for a second. Well, I mean, we could be talking about Chelsea, but right now we're talking about Newcastle and their new ownership. Um, <laughs> yeah, no. Because, you know... We're, we're talking about Saudi Arabia, not um, uh, Russia. Russian, Russian mob. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean this this situation is ever evolving. Uh, you know, some some of their transfer targets are a little lofty to me. Um, I don't. I I think if it's a situation where they could just look, because some of those players, some of the players they brought in. Um, are finally getting into their own, like uh, St. Maxim is finally, you know, before the season was paused, he was getting into a rhythm. Um, I wish he was at another club, but he's finally getting into his own rhythm. Uh, the guy that formerly played um, uh, for Atlanta United is fi- oh. like, he, like, like, like he finally scored. It took I'm him two, two seasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm wrong. Like, if, it, you know, it took him two and a half seasons, but he's finally... You know, he, he was finally getting onto his legs under him. And if this new owner buys literally a replacement for central midfielder, a replacement at winger, you know, and just literally just buys the the trough, he he's likely going to buy Dembele, both Dembele's. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, he's probably going to buy, you know, I don't think he's going to buy Mbappe, but he's probably going to buy uh, Griezmann as a central midfielder. He's likely going to buy several midfielders. And then Almiron won't won't have a place. St. Maxim on the left will likely get, hopefully will still be in the rotation. And I'm just thinking about these players who came over recently uh, and just really won't have a chance to actually thrive in the, in this new system uh, with this new owner. Like I don't, I, I don't see a situation where that happens. And I also don't want good things to happen to Newcastle. So, <laughs> why so, are you so, so bitter about this? this, this look, I don't uh, taking taking away the pettiness from the situation. I really do truly believe that the if the own if the if supporters, which let's be clear, Newcastle is one of the largest supported clubs in the world. Never mind 
just England. Like, they are a very well-supported club. They are a global club. I know people want to call them a small club, but they have one of the premier grounds in the yeah. country. Every oh, single event runs through St. James's Park. Like, Unless you're a, 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 an away fan, right? Um, unless you're a away fan, the experience is kind of <laughs> terrible. But if you do something... Uh, if you, if you do, but, but the main point but, being, though, like, uh, is that Newcastle... If they, if they can't have like a model like River Plate or Boca Juniors where they get, or even Borussia Dortmund where they float shares of the club, you know, um, on the stock market and is largely owned by the fans as a result of that, like, you know, they ha- they're the majority shareholder. Even if they can't have that kind of model, at least let them have another good run at, you know, at a competition. Because when Newcastle were a banging team, they produced some amazing football. I just feel like if this is the only way to do it, then, you know, would, I'd rather it be not, but let's see it. Let's see what Newcastle do with this. I don't know about these Antoine Griezmann rumors, though. Um, I'm just going to, and I think that's, I think that's just the sun talking out of their ass as usual. But um, I don't. Well, the sun isn't the only place to report because literally because of, you know, Griezmann not fitting the Barcelona model, um, he's been trade bait. Um, so that's, so, so he's literally been linked to every club. Like he's linked to United. He's linked to Liverpool. He's linked to Real Madrid. He's linked to PSG. Like he's linked everywhere because he doesn't fit Barcelona. And really what that comes down to is their board. So I didn't know, you know about Liverpool. I didn't know about Liverpool. That's news. Yeah. No, no, it's, I, I don't think it's happening. I think that's just <laughs> stuff, stuff in that. Uh, I mean, it would be, I mean, though, it would be. It, it would be a match made in heaven, though. A guy likes blackface, the person that backed Luis Suarez, who is a notable racist. It just makes sense. It makes sense for him to be there. I will just go ahead and point that one out. Um, yeah, I have absolutely no qualms about Antoine Griezmann going to Liverpool. Have fun, kid. I mean, knock your fucking self out, buff. Have you all thought that money laundering was bad with Emirates? Just imagine what's going to be like in Newcastle. Yeah. In the Saudi. <laughs> well, yeah. um, Jonathan, I wouldn't talk about considering who your club is owned by, because before you guys were owned by anyone besides, you know, random people um, or random owners, you guys were still, I mean, you're still our little brother. You're still the little brother. Sorry. But, <laughs> I mean, you have a brand, I mean, you're. You have a you have a stadium you can't fill out or, or fill up just like Spurs. You have it's gonna be even harder with this two year Europe band, though, boy. Mm-hmm. I mean, there you go. I'm just saying. And mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. uh, there's there is tons of financial f- you know fair play at risk. Um, you know, mm-hmm. I just mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, 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 mm-hmm. I just call for arbitration of sport. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I I just don't know. And 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 you know. I, I know you and I are supposed to have that Mancurian bond, but you know, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, like we don't we have any of those issues here at United, and we never will because, yeah, we have terrible owners at the moment. I'll concede that, <laughs> but they're not caught up in financial play, fair play issues. You know, I think it, allegedly, I wouldn't. <laughs> I wouldn't sit in a glass house at the empty head. Allegedly. And Mobstones uh, <laughs> at St. James's Park, who are getting new owners at the, at the tune of three hundred. Like that, I don't know. Uh, how allegedly, I, I don't know how that works, Jonathan. But please, please, 
give your opinion before we go to the next topic <laughs> because you just got here. Man, you make fun of Sir Alex Ferguson once, and I, and Neil is unleashed now. It's wild. <laughs> well, my manager is a knight. Wow. Your manager wow. is just a random Argentinian. Wow. So, wow. So I don't know what to tell you. I, I, I don't know what to, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to tell you. But go on, go on, please. No, I mean, it's gonna be interesting. Uh, just given this the history of how it's gonna be interesting to see how they criticize uh the the Saudi owners given the fact that they did they put Chelsea through the ringer with Roman they put us through the ringer um with the Emirates uh although I mean I mean justified yeah, <laughs> yeah they're they're horrible but not nah, empty head that's fine you know if uh setting out a stadium that uh, testament to um, our lovely fan base. Um, you still have, we only have... the away fans take up more. <laughs> we don't it's have people crazy. coming. From... We don't have people coming from London um, in the tens of thousands <laughs> oh, to our really? stadium. So, <laughs> all right. <laughs> so, all right. <laughs> we have that. We'll always have Manchester uh, residents as our fans, um, through the good and the bad. I can't say the same for United, but I know we we will always have Manchester. Okay, all right, all right, all right, all right. Not that same timeline again, bruv. Come on now, bruv. Come on. First of all, anybody who's ever been to Old Trafford knows that it's not majority fans from London. Yes, a lot do ship in because as it goes, Manchester United just happens to be a global club just like, wait for it, Manchester City. I only ever see you in Manchester, bro. <laughs> so, like, at the end of the day, let's be fair to Man United. They are a big, big brand with terrible owners, but a big, big brand nonetheless. But, like, I, I, I don't know. I think, more to the point, it's bad for the game ultimately because, you know, the way that they keep the money and stuff concentrated between these clubs, hardly anybody's going to compete. When are we going to see another Leicester? Who did it without like spending oodles of cash and things exactly. of that nature? Like, when are we going to see that again? Like the likes of Sheffield United this season. If it's a sh- that's one of the shames of this is because we won't get to see how they finish the season. They could have realistically qualified for fourth. Like they're in the hunt. Like right. they've been amazing this season. And, you know, everybody wants to criticize defensive football, but it's bloody exciting to watch a side stop all sorts of incredible chances. Like, it's heart-in-mouth stuff. I don't know what everybody's talking about defensive football. That's beside the point. Point is, Mike Ashley is a shitbag, and he has sold the club, or at least the majority stake, to a consortium that is run by an absolute shitbag. <laughs> and it's going to be interesting to see what money shitbags does with Newcastle United. I don't think Antoine Griezmann is going to Newcastle United, though. I think that's where, that's where you no. lose me. That's where you lose Nobody, me. No one's trying to go to Newcastle unless it's like Blackout Fridays before Christmas. I don't know, man. Look, if, if, if the side builds up its defense, first and foremost, they've got to sort it out. Keep DeAndre Yedlin, though. He's a good talent. Also, I don't see why Almiron wouldn't feature into a side, at least for the first couple of seasons, with the new boys that they bring in for the midfield. He was meant to be their talisman for a couple of seasons. 
especially after the bang-up job he did in Atlanta. So, like, I don't see any reason why he shouldn't be in that side. They do need a striker, though, like, desperately. So they if they pulled... They, they could hire at his former teammate in in uh, Joseph Martinez, who's you know recovering from an injury in Atlanta United, who's been rumored to play in you know play in other places. Um, so that's so 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 that's a theory there. But I do want to transition on, um, and yeah, after this break, we will be coming right back. So hit us up after the break. So um, now that we're back. Uh, this is, I guess, our last piece of uh, stuff for the docket this week. Uh, we talked about um, a buyout of Newcastle. Uh, we're talking about um, uh, we're talking about um, you know uh, we talked about the potential of the league coming back, um, you know, and now we're looking at a situation with the MLS. Uh, not where the league is coming back. The, 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 it's, not, it's not one of those kind of situations like the Premier League. But what is happening is, unfor- and it's very unfortunate, uh, the uh, Major League Soccer is now taking up what was the U.S. men's and women's national team youth academies. Um, and for those folks who have uh, teenagers and children who love the beautiful game, uh, who play in the United States, who want to play not necessarily for the U.S. men's or women's national team, but saw, for instance, Captain America and the fellow Avengers uh, win the World Cup, uh, the Women's World Cup recently. Um, you know, we're you know we are we are in a situation where you know players that you know children see that teenagers see that and they see the passion that these players have for their home countries. Uh, and now in the United States, things are going to be a little bit different. Now, obviously, you know, the, the MLS is going to take up a brunt of uh, these academies. We don't know to what degree and how far and, and how deep into the age ranges that they're actually going to go. Um, that's all up in the air at the moment. Uh, nothing is set in stone right now because, you know, there's no, it seems like there's no, you know, there's nothing happening besides, you know, behind the scenes that is changing outside of MLS taking over uh, the U.S. Uh, academies. And my big issue, uh, kind of going into this situation, I don't know how everybody else feels, but for me, I'm looking at the situation with an overabundance of teams in the MLS as it stands right now. Uh, just too many teams. Um, I'm just... I, I am legitimately concerned about these because I've heard the horror stories, at least at, D, at the DC United Youth Academies, from uh, pretty much white, you know, young white players or, or young or, or parents of young white players getting more opportunities than their black and brown counterparts in in these already existing MLS academies across the country, but particularly where I am in DC. So I'm just curious how everybody else feels about this situation obviously this is a tremendous undertaking for mls to kind of take what the you know you know take not necessarily take from the u.s academies but the u.s academies are being abandoned um and you know there's a whole dearth of talent out there across the uh, across america and you know hopefully ml you know i have a little bit of optimism (laughs) 
<laughs> that the MLS will actually do right by these kids, but that's cautious optimism for me. Like I, I'm not 100% behind the idea of, because of how the MLS has been just kind of expanding and expanding and expanding and expanding and expanding and not really thinking through like, okay, let's create up, you know, let's create a secondary league. Let's create, uh, you know, um, you know, let's further, uh, let's further explain the uh, playoffs. Let's uh, link with, you know, other area countries, you know, like with uh, Liga MX and uh, other area leagues. Like there, like there's been conversations around that, you know, for CONCACAF purposes to make that easier, but there hasn't really been like, I just throw it to y'all. How, you know, how do y'all feel about this situation? I think it's a shit show, but I'm, I'm curious how everybody else feels. Um, with given that I have a of a teenager playing soccer and you know in the club system right now, I feel like um, my concern is, is, is around it is like yeah, the MLS isn't known for the best kind of management of. The whole situation. I think we've done a, a weird job of trying to shore up the footballing pyramid in the U.S. And this f- feels like U.S. soccer kind of dropping the ball on um, a fundamental pipeline for kind of nurturing talent and funneling them towards uh, towards the national team to to lead to uh, you know better better performances and results over the long term um my you know so we we do have you know arguably you know we have the usl um which could be argued as a second place i'm, I'm i have my st louis fc shirt right here um <laughs> uh the, the usl exists and you know in in the uh open cup um, you know, so a couple of USL teams, you know, can play giant killer on MLS teams. That's the degree. And, and some MLS franchises have, you know, their, you know, whatever, their second team playing in the USL as well. And it's like we could do a whole, a heck of a whole lot more to support um, the development of soccer by, by funneling money into those into the USL and NASL and, and giving, providing some more stability and a viable path for talented soccer players, young soccer players to, to see it as a path, uh, um, a, a path to professionalism uh, in the game. Um, so that's, that's, that's one. And the second thing is just like, you know, USA soccer is dropping the ball. Nobody's surprised. Um, but I also feel uh, that, MLS and the thirst for expansion is inevitably will cause uh, some serious, I mean, the, we already have MLS franchises that are struggling um, right. and, I'm, I'm, and I, I'm afraid that what's really going to happen is an expansion and then a contraction, right? And, and then the pyramid is no better for it. Um, if there's a way to restructure these leagues such that we do get um a promotion relegation the possibility of a promotion relegation system to give some of these uh smaller teams with solid cores an opportunity to elevate and get show the kids who may not have gotten the opportunity to go all the way to mls but but are you know just kind of 
hanging around the USL, the top tier of the USL, that lift, um, uh, it, it would be nice. Uh, but yeah, no surprise. Um, U.S. soccer has, has has been taking L after L after L in most of their public statements. And the, the last thing I'll say about it is um, I was concerned when I didn't see the MLS, the MLS statement and the U.S. soccer statement happening at the same time. It was like U.S. soccer dropped it and then MLS decided, oh, you know, I might as well pick it up as opposed to a, you know, a concerted, you know, strategy right that right. was agreed upon right yep. uh, and that's the to me that's the most concerning part of this whole thing is that it was it just happened to work out that somebody's picking up this program they was like oh well you know you have your state um you know the, the letter was really I, I thought was was poorly worded and and um left left a lot to be desired from from u.s soccer so uh godspeed man i hope i hope it works out Anyone else? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> oh, sorry. I don't see it working out. Uh, yeah, I don't see it working out. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't. <laughs> damn. Uh, <laughs> oh, well, damn. Thank, thanks well, a lot. damn. Shit. Thanks a lot, Jonathan. <laughs> it's good. Ready to snipe all my hopes and dreams. Like, true to was, form. No, uh, I mean, I'm I just gave a beautiful, eloquent, like, uh, what was it? Practical way model for this, how it could work. And Jonathan just comes in and been like, yo, no. <laughs> and Not going to work. Tell us why. All up his dreams and threw it in a trash can. Pretty much. <laughs> Terrible. There's always Canada for, for child llama. There's always Canada. Um, <laughs> I think uh, oh <laughs> if you want to make that drive, Missouri to Cal- Cal- to Toronto is not too far. About those boys, 20, all, all hours. those boys play. All those boys play hockey. They don't have time for us. <laughs> and yet, the Canadian yeah. national team is producing better. Like, uh, well, yeah. No, I'd say they're on par with the United States men's team, the Canadian men's team, I think. Um, the women's, not so much. <laughs> well, I mean, they did manage to get one over on England, to be fair. So, I mean, and the Lionesses are no joke. So, like, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I would, it will, I, I, I think Jonathan's got a point. Perhaps that's just saying, that's speaking more to the reason why armor is is right in saying, well, we've got to do something because if the MLS does nothing, then it, the situation gets worse, I think. But yeah, I, I think the, the executives at the top, they're just, they're, they're too incompetent to produce a product that will, that can benefit um, themselves and also other people. <laughs> it's always one or the other. I mean, that's just the nature of uh, our economic system. So, um, I don't see it even in the play field. It might even a play field playing field for on the women's side because uh compared to the rest of the world, um, the US women's national team is to use a lot more um attention in terms of their youth program and I think it will be a it's it's a real blow for our national squad, women's squad, because um that's a lot less I, I don't I don't see the MLS giving um, the women's team as much attention as it 
as it stood um, individually. Um, I think they'll try to uh, consolidate both of them and then end up with a mediocre product um, that might benefit uh, certain people, like some people, but it won't be what you need. Because I think the ultimate thing that MLS, the interest is to funnel people into their system, um, into their league, which as we've said many times, maybe not here, but uh, just in our, in our WhatsApp group is that it's not, it's not the league to be in. Like you people have to be somewhere else in the United States. You have to travel to Europe to, to be, to get to the level you want to get to. So um, I, I don't see, unless there's like a fundamental change within the MLS structure, which, you know, probably won't happen. Uh, but you never know. We're in a pandemic, so anything can change. But this this is where my, my uh, pessimism comes from. I, I hope things change. I hope uh, things are, don't, do not end up in a similar uh, vein. But, you know, when it's, it's now time for people to cash out, so they're willing to do whatever. And if it means um, inferior product for more pay, they'll do it. Anyone else? All right. Well, um, you know, I think so. Uh, you know, uh, m moving from uh, you know m m moving on from talking about Newcastle and bad decisions to another equally bad decision, it seems as though the uh, prem is, or at least the players are going to be going back to training in May. Uh, obviously. You know, as of this recording, we're still in a, a, a quarantine to a different degree across the world. Overseas in the UK, it's still the case. Um, and the the idea of players being thrown back into I mean, we know what uh, Jose Martinez, I'm sorry, J Jose Mourinho is doing as it relates to uh, putting black, you know, having black players play uh you know, against each other and, you know, posting it on social, you know, as a Spurs manager, we do understand that, but all the players coming back uh, is a little frightening, at least for me. Uh, there's, there's so much movement and conversation around staying in place and not going out. And if you do go out, do one thing and come back. And that's not to say that you should be afraid of the air or think it's poison or anything like that. That's not the case, but just to be safe and you know stop the spread of this virus across the world and the idea again of players playing against each other on a practice squad when this virus can be transmitted via sweat is really scary because we've already seen how it literally stopped the nba you know yeah um it was like, one player who literally <laughs> tested positive touched a bunch of microphones and uh, basically stopped the NBA all in one night, and literally every other sport stopped after right after that. Um, Rudy Gobert, boy, Rudy, yeah. Rudy, Rudy. <laughs> Why did you do it? Why'd you do it, mate? And now we're without and... sport. So yeah, I mean, you know, I don't know what's going to, you know, I don't think players, I, I, I don't think players should go back to practice in May. I think this is the FA kind of forcing the issue of something that shouldn't like, I, th I think it's the FA and the, and the sponsors of teams coming together and trying to push 
some kind of play to come back. But even if they're practicing, that doesn't mean the league is going to get restarted again. I mean, I know, you know, Sheldon and Hytham don't want the league to start. They want it to stop so, we, so they can just have a title and just, and, and, it, and you know, it be done. But, you know, for the rest of the league, uh, that is, you know, uh, you know, Jonathan aside, because some of us are playing for Europe next year, but, uh, you know, um, you know, oh, I, God. I, I, <laughs> uh, you, you, I didn't know Europa League has so much weight now. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, hold, hold on a second. Just like we've done before and playing the champ and play in uh, the UCL. I mean, you're mocking the Europa League now, John. Yeah, like, Neil's got a point. You are mocking the uh, Europa League, but you don't get any of that for two years, bro. (laughs) Two years. (laughs) Two years, you get nothing. You don't even get the Europa League. I bet you're going to miss that. I bet you're going to get tired of the FA Cup, boy. No no passport tax for y'all. (laughs) <laughs> basically, basically, Manchester City, Manchester City has to quarantine from uh, the Champions League and Europa League for two whole years. <laughs> you got to self-isolate from European nights for two years. I mean, that's, that's How does that doing. make you feel? What do you mean? What do you mean? We were in the Europa League, bro. We in the final. What are you talking about? Y'all, we act- y'all been up. Y'all been up isolating from the Champions League for what, like five years now? See, he's swinging because uh, he knows. Oh, he's okay. It's fine. It's fine. No, yeah, I'm swinging it. You know when um, you know when somebody's like when a kid's really shorter than you and they're like air, uh, like windmilling and you've got your hand on their forehead and they're just windmilling all the time. That's the kind of situation that City and Arsenal are in. You are now our youngest, bro. You really you realize that. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you men are our youngest and always have been. We will be in Europe. Don't you worry about it. While well, you can go and sit in the corner, your very expensive oh. corner, and think about your life. Like that's well, that's what you on 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 that right like and what's <laughs> gonna follow what would follow city being out of Europe for two years but an exodus of their talent right like they would become <sighs> like Everybody none else, of the please, best please come to Manchester please come to the real Manchester yeah none, none <laughs> of the great players wanna <laughs> come sit around so yeah I mean like it, it it'll be it'll be kind of peak for for city if. Given that the band holds, um, which you know, by the evidence presented, it oh, probably should. You had to get you had to get somebody who forced um, Parliament to um, to basically actually do your job and consider Brexit through the proper means, which is a vote, and you know you go through the channels and all that sort of fun stuff to get the Court for Arbitration of Sport to look at the evidence. Look at it. To look at it, <laughs> like this is for your appeal, bruv. You are definitely in no position to swing on anybody about Europe for the next two years, starting right now, Bredrick. Because it's not, it's not <laughs> getting over to big brother. Please don't do that. Please don't do that. Because because we'll just put, hold your head down while you're swinging at air, and you know. We'll you might have we'll even won it yet, bruv. <laughs> like, well, well, at least we've been to a final. Fuck. 
Don't even come for me. <laughs> You've been to a final. <laughs> you haven't even been to one, buff. You literally named Spurs. You let big, big Spurs, big, big Spurs, man, come through and literally overturned your absolutely titanic um, aggregate oh, advantage. Lord. Spurs. Spurs. Tottenham Hotspur. How many, Hotspur. That, How many Champions that, League does Spurs have? <laughs> Who cares? Oh. So, How so, many Champions League does City have? Because um, you don't have any, bro. Oh, yeah, we got zero. <laughs> we got zero just like... None of the no, 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 no. have a finals appearance, bro. Wait a minute, 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 stop. United has several, several big years, first of all. Yes, first yes. Of all. First of all, they, have, what, what they have three. Seven. United have three, don't they? Yes, three, we do. Right? Yes, we that's do. Like and that's team. three more than City's zero. So don't do that. It's not about United, though. It's the argument. It's like, oh, we've been to a final. But if you have zero Champions League, what does it matter if you've been to a final? I don't know. Because, you're, again, the you point is you're swinging at people sure. who have done more in the competition that you, man, have yet to even be in the final of. You get to say nothing and you're banned for two mind. years, which means you are legally mandated to put your top lip and make it embrace your bottom lip. And, oh, and your vocal, Lord. your larynx, your vocal box, it's not supposed to vibrate and make no noise, bro. Like, it's supposed to be perfectly silent. I just thought I was in the caravan. Two years. <laughs> That's all you can do. That's all you can do. Yeah, they, they, we they will send, we will send you a postcard for at least one of those years. Personally, what, what, from Arsenal. We'll send you postcards. We'll send you pictures. We'll, we'll tag you on Instagram. How about that? Does that make you feel good? The thing is that y'all are not in the Champions League. Y'all in Europa. So And we will still send you postcards about <laughs> don't you wish you were here playing <laughs> European football <laughs> with a chance we to win a major competition. Big big clubs are not worried about Europa League. They are not. But here's yeah. the thing. First of all, United has already won a Europa League recently, number one. And Chelsea. And, 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 Chelsea. and, and well, we're not going to talk about that. We're not, and... but just for, it's, it's, what's the point, though, Neil? It's Chelsea took it seriously, but you, man, are like, oh, I can't be bothered with the Europa League, darling. I'm a Champions League girl. Like, give me a, a freaking break. You haven't been to the finals. You know, you, know, you, know, you know, it's European football, but that wasn't the point of the t- That wasn't the topic. That wasn't the topic. That was about EPL coming back in May. Yeah, so I, I'd like to make a point here. about that. Go ahead. I'd like to make a point about, about the Premier League starting um, or the, pro- the prospect of, you know, this, this talk about, you know, getting the players back training in May. Um, it's a placeholder, right? It's a placeholder to signal to the media companies and all that, that we want them dollars, right? Like we want, we want the income that comes with uh, televised games. Please, you know, like, like keep, keep that, don't, don't spend it, right? Because we need it um, and we need, to, we need to signal that we're not just gonna trash the, the season so that we can um, either get the, the balance of the funds that, we, that the Premier League gets from uh, the media broadcasting companies. And I feel like um, the reality on the ground, it's like, you know, it's not May yet. By the time May rolls around, you'll, we'll see, like, you have to make a decision at that point. Um, the preparation to 
finish out whatever 90 odd games um is it's going to be hectic I, I feel like um it's it's it, it'll be a challenge it'll be something awkward and something unlike we've experienced in the history of the premier league and and as such um you know it's like we're in for something novel regardless of how the outcome is my hope is that you know they actually take all the adequate precautions to ensure that we don't make the virus the pandemic situation any worse for want of football or the commercial aspect of football which is what we're actually talking about well we actually we've kind of been obsessing about this entire uh episode so um that, so that's my take it's 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 really a signal that comes back around to capitalism and you know what does that really you know what does that really fit in this in the grand scheme of you know the hearts and minds of lovers of the game further to amma's right. point which is what? absolutely eloquent by the way further to amma's point two things one um is are we ever going to talk about the fact that they are desperate to make money but what money is actually going to be made at the level that they do that in the stadiums will be empty. The clubs will not make anything from their gate receipts, which puts them in financial jeopardy. Why are we continuing on with a com? Just from a purely from a business aspect, why are we continuing on with something where money has to be spent in order to make it, and you're losing a large share of that? It makes sense to freeze everything indefinitely and don't force the situation. It's just the sensible thing to do, short and long term. Just makes sense, but they can, they're insisting that they and Mikel Arteta. That's the second point. If you're talking about from an Arsenal standpoint, just recovered from the virus. <laughs> Why are we sending him back into people like him? Why are we sending him back into an environment right. where he can get infected again? Because you can get infected again. It's complicated, but that is one of the outcomes because it's happened already. That's what we know about this thing. Everybody just needs, yeah. As, yeah, that's 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 where I'm at with it. Just like Spice said, stay on a yard. Just stay inside, please. <laughs> that's just stay inside. Go we ahead, don't Joe. need to force it. Sorry, just uh, so many different uh, thoughts. But I, I think one of the things I was thinking about earlier, uh, way before the podcast, is all these reports of here in the states where they are, they've gotten out of these like. I don't even know what they're calling them because I haven't had a chance to really dig into it. But uh, the protests that, that the <laughs> right wingers are doing, you know, they're like, right. you know, marching. Um, I saw this um, screenshot of all these people from these protests, and they hold up these signs and the signs. Actually, let me pull it up because it's pretty, it's pretty funny. Um, hold on, really quick. The people saying, I, "I need a haircut." Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like. Like, I'm I need a haircut. Uh, I need a haircut. We, uh, Massa- we all need Massage a haircut. Massage is essential. Is essential. Right. Uh, give me liberty. Give me death. And it's like, uh, really? In front of Baskin uh, Robbins. Let- oh, is that? <laughs> yeah, right, 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 right. In front of Baskin Robbins. Like, you're in front of Baskin Robbins, and it's like, give me liberty or give me death. Right. Social then, distancing equals communism is the next this, one. This, isn't it? this guy's got a one that says, "Let us get our teeth cleaned." Um, what? You know, another person's like, "Don't cancel my <laughs> golf season." And then what? there's more people talking about, um, you know, I need a haircut. And it's just like, this is <laughs> like. 
Someone's really? saying something about fertilizer on Fox News, to your point, Sheldon, um, <laughs> about saying that they needed, yeah, like, you know, we can't go out and buy fertilizer. And my man sounded like he was about to break down and cry over fertilizer <laughs> yeah. and his garden. Like, I didn't know it was that deep. In... <laughs> composting or something, and, and then you can get your fertilizer, dude. Like, forget about it. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, like, it's just so, excuse me, crazy what folks are willing to, you know, fight about in the large scheme of like, this is serious. You know, I think, again, I haven't looked into it, but I've been hearing again that China, well, again, this is a whole other topic because as I said, China, I, I was reminded of how apparently our, our brothers and sisters over in China are being treated now, which is such yep. a crazy situation. Um, I'm surprised it, if, it was, if it's happening now, why didn't it happen before? Like, I, again, I haven't looked into it. So I don't know what the difference would be. But the idea that the, the Chinese are now, you know, uh, throwing out the black folks over, you know, what's happening, but, you know, that they're ex experiencing a second wave in certain, certain places, what I'm, I'm hearing, because they tried to rush back and say, okay, everything's good, everybody go back, and then now, you know, they're experiencing a second wave in certain places from what I'm reading. And so, again, there's this, it's natural, right? Like, none of us actually is saying we want this quarantine to never, ever end. Like, this is what we want life to be like forever and ever. But at the same time, we all are very cognizant of, like, what's the greater um, ill? Um, and I'll make one last reference to something else that happened recently, which is actually sports-related. It reminded me just now about, I saw a clip, it was, like, I guess, the trailer for the new Michael Jordan documentary. And you know, he was, they were talking to him about, um, I think it was his second season, he was, he was injured. And, you know, it was a pretty bad injury, but, or it was, a, it was an injury that they took, the doctor said to him, you have a 90% um, chance, or sorry, you have a 10% chance of re-injuring yourself. And, you know, we don't think it's worth it. And so Jordan's like, man, well, look, y'all talking about the 10%, um, but, I, you know, I'm, all I can think about is the 90%, you know, I'm, I, that means 90% chance that I won't. And so, you know, folks are saying to him, yeah, well, here's the thing. It's not just a 10%. He's like, if I, you know, let me give you this analogy. If there, if you had a headache and, uh, you know, I gave you a, a you know, a thing of pills and you knew nine of those pills would help you, but one of those pills would kill you, would you still take it? Now, the joke is, that Jordan's like, well, it depends on how, how bad the damn headache is. But the, the the seriousness here is like, we all realize, no, it's not worth randomly popping, you know, one of those pills, regardless of how, you know, bad you think it is, you know, out there or whatever, like, it's not worth it to risk that 10% being a killer. If it was, you know, something much more innocuous, okay, fine. Like, I, I might trip and scrape my knee. And that's going to be, you know, the 10%, fine. But if I could die, no, it's not worth it. Like, we should just go ahead and be very, very, you know, mindful of what's happening. And so to that point with the, the, the league, I think, again, there's a lot of different pressures that are on, um, you know, but even as a Liverpool fan, you know, again, as long as they don't dip us out of, they don't, they don't do the most unthinkable thing and just completely, like, void the season, 
I would take this, as they call it, asterisk, you know, um, championship. <laughs> um, I would take that over, you know, <laughs> I would take that over, you know, being the ones who are, you know, at Anfield with our signs talking about, give us our trophy, you know. Like, uh, it's like the, <laughs> Sammy, the Sammy Sosa batting season or something. Is that what we're talking about? <laughs> So like, y'all, really. y'all want that? Y'all want that home run record like that bad? I think it'll actually, if, if I'm and and not to to you know talk about this in in depth, but um, frankly, I think it will embolden us for the next year. I mean, I, I think honestly, I think this year why we played at the level that we played is because last year we realized that we let it slip away. We should have won last year, but we let it slip away. And although we got big years, which, uh, again, we've been down that road of of conversation, I think the players are like, look, we let one slip away. We should have had a double, um, and we didn't. And so this year with the league, we're not playing any games with anybody. And that's what happened. So the idea then that there would potentially be an asterisk on it, I think some players would – you know, or a lot of Liverpool players will come back and say, you know what? Okay, they want to tell us it's an asterisk. Let us go and prove that it's the real thing. So I'm not even worried about that. I, I actually, I think it would be kind of crazy because I think that that energy would be um, just as strong for the next year. So. Although if Liverpool yeah. do do this again, like the last time they tried, they were on the cusp of winning the league. We have a pandemic. If they do it again, that means the world's going to end. And I think it's just best that Liverpool just doesn't do it. I'm just pointing it out there. I'm, just, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm just pointing it out there. If Liverpool try and win the league again next season, whenever that is, the world is going to end. So perhaps maybe we should invest in vaults, uh, bunkers. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I think we should think about our future. And Liverpool should just refrain from ever trying to win the league ever again. <laughs> so I was I was yeah. around I was around in the late seventies and early eighties and we were pretty much winning every year and nothing was going on so this has nothing to do with Liverpool. <laughs> what do you mean? No, it does. Yeah. It does. It does. It absolutely does. The science is in. Um, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> well, we were just, it, this is not a coincidence. I'm sorry. Liverpool are not supposed to win the Premier League. We are going to die if they do. This is. I'm just. It's facts. I'm just putting it out there. It's facts. When Liverpool so, won the league, we had Ronald Reagan and Margaret Thatcher running the country. So Jesus Christ, we don't need this right now. By all accounts, Liverpool are due for one because we have not seen a despotic regime since Reagan and Thatcher days, right? <laughs> so, Liverpool successful during those times? Coincidence? I think not. We don't need this right now. <laughs> Liverpool can't have it right now. Just, you'll get it in time, preferably after I'm dead. But you can have it <laughs> later. The world needs saving. No football until further notice. What the country needs to do... Um, is they need to do what Germany did. Just say no mass gatherings and outdoor events of any kind until further notice. So I think they said, what, August is when they banned it till? No, they're, they're easing the restrictions at this point. They're easing yeah. last year. So uh, just going back to um, the, some of the points that you talked about, you know, safety and distances, I, I totally agree with those. Um, and, and 
Joseph, you just brought up Germany. They've been having some sort of training, um, you know, for the past, I don't know, week to two weeks or whatever. So their teams have actually been training. What I'm interested in knowing is how is that like, you know, what are what kind of results are they seeing after that? Are the players getting reinfected or infected for the first time? Um, you know, I, I think... Sorry. Just no. to finish my point, I think yeah, that yeah. The, the biggest problem at this point is the fact that no one knows anything about what's going on. So we can sit here and say, you know, uh, we'll do this in, in a month, in six months, and a year, or whatever, but no one has an idea. Um, and going back to Amos' point, this is, you know, coming up with dates of training and all of that stuff is it's just for advertising and, and, and banking that money or just putting a hold on it. Just to clarify, exactly. though, what, I'm, what I mean by the UK doing what Germany did means that they need to take that similar kind of action rather than German, implying that Germany still needs to do it because there's a big difference between the way that the country's handled the pandemic and the onset of it. Germany took it extremely seriously, tested about up to, what, 350,000 people per week. They played no games with the virus. And they are in a position to where they can start to restore some of the things that they've had to temporarily shut down. Um, football being one of them. Uh, earlier than planned because of the way that they flattened the curve. The UK has not done any of that, but they need to do something similar. Like, by all accounts, they should be do uh, the way that it's running wild like Hulkamania in its prime in the UK right now. Um, by all accounts, it, they should just really do a really like strict lockdown procedure. It's got to happen. Like, but they're not going to do it, and I don't understand why they're not. Well, that's another conversation another day. But Hytham, you're absolutely right. We don't know how it handles because there's only certain countries that are actually in the post, you know, lockdown phase. There's only a handful of them. We're monitoring them and we're watching them and seeing what we can learn from them, but. That's not being applied. What's not being applied is what they didn't do in the beginning, and it's still not being applied now. So we can't even think about Premier League football at the moment. I just think it's a fear of missing out because we're looking through the chain link fence like DW in that meme from Arthur um, at all the things that we used to do that some people <laughs> are able to do again. And we want a bit of that now, but we haven't sorted out the whole pandemic thing. It's just not worth it. If any footballers, staff, um, hell, even owners, even if they manage to contract the virus by thinking to pretend that everything is business as usual around here, then what will it have been worth? Because you can't take any of it with you. And I know that's cliche in that, but it just doesn't need to happen. It really doesn't. It doesn't even need to be explored at this point. We're not at that yeah. point in the UK at all. The US is also for that. So before anybody in MLS gets any ideas, absolutely nothing goes down until this virus is sorted out. Unfortunately, we've got people, okay. as Sheldon mentioned, running around in the bloody streets talking about, give me liberty. I don't understand this. I really don't. <laughs> well, but, I mean, that, that, the protests were, like, really paid AstroTurf, so the people that were, like, saying all those things are actually the owners, not the people that work. So it's like, like, you want to go to work, it's like, you want your employees to go back to work, not you. Right. So uh, <laughs> that. <laughs> um, yeah, I think uh, yeah. On I just from a, a labor aspect, I, I remember reading the uh, ESPN article 
saying that how how many people you actually need to say the UK like the Premier League adopts a plan like empty stadiums um, throughout uh, should they do that? That's so just to run uh, a match in a stadium that yeah, requires like up to 300 people um, per every single game. So just that alone, those numbers are astronomical. Like you're putting, there is no way you can safely do that for what, 50 something matches um, to, to end the season. Um, and then from the aspect of like players have to go back to training, it's going to take like at least a month so then to be back to match fitness to be able to, to perform for like nine more matches um, because of the fact that, you know, there is no training that they've been doing. Folks have been sitting around and you're risking injury, um, maybe short-term injury, maybe permanent injury for some folks um, because of the the level of training needs to be at to perform professionally. So, yeah, I don't see it happening. I think like Ahmed said, um, it is just a placeholder because, you can't say no more Premier League until 2021. You have to say it like this or else you will cause, like, panic. I mean, I, so very quickly, I think yes and no. I mean, I think when we first started, everything that we've seen with this has been week to week, like even um, suggestions on how to handle it. Do you wear a mask? Do you not wear a mask? Or, you know, do you wear – if you can't get a, what, an N95 mask, do you wear – anything, you know, that's changed. I mean, the types of symptoms have changed, like so many different things, right? So I think, you know, there is a story about if people really feel confident that it's going to be another whatever six months, like you definitely can't just come out and say that broadly. Like, yeah, there would be, um, you know, a lot of social pain involved in that. But I think specifically as it relates to things like this, even when I think about my job, like one of the things that we they've shared with us is they are constantly needing to kind of check on check in on the latest news and whatever the latest thoughts, whatever, whatever, whatever. <clears throat> excuse me, but they've already started thinking about a plan to go back. Like, what does that look like at whatever point, whether that's in two months or in six months? What does that look like? Because you can't wait for the last second to do that. Um, you do have to be very mindful about that, and there's like I said, at least for my job, there's going to be phases. Um, what that those phases look like, they haven't specified. But, um, you know, for the Premier League, they've definitely got to look at it. And that's really what they were talking about when we, when we started out this conversation is the quote-unquote plan right now is to try to start in May training so that they do have that month to come back and actually play. Because, <clears throat> excuse me, if that scenario does play out, then that's like I said, that's that's the logistics that need to happen. Um, again, I don't I don't have my my hopes up high for that playing out. Um, and I because do think that there is again we can we can get the title without it. But I think because well anyway, you're you're trolling and you're you're trying to to, <laughs> to get the asterisk. You off. Yeah, the so, asterisk. so right. So <laughs> what I was going to say is that, yeah, again, there's something about the money, but honestly, some of these um, some of these leagues have, I don't know about the Premier League, but some of these leagues have already been paid. Um, and so some of it is more so about, like, not wanting to have to give back that money or figure out how to give back that money or, you know, what happens now, like not wanting to have to answer that question. 
there's a lot of those kinds of, you know, financial questions that do come up. And honestly, in from a financial perspective, it's in both sides' favor. Um, you know, I don't know what exactly the breakdown. I mean, I know Joseph, you were talking about if you got to spend money to to make the money again. What's that? What the balance sheet ends up looking like? I don't necessarily know. Um, but fundamentally, like I said, there are a lot of, as I said earlier, like, and what we've all been saying is that there's a lot of different pressures, a lot of different incentives that are pushing towards seeing if they can pull this off. And what I think, again, we all fundamentally agree on, though, is that if any of those things end up leading to, like, I can't imagine a premier uh, league player dying, you know, uh, you know, a month, even a, even a couple of weeks or a month after they start playing. And, you know, it turns out to be COVID. Like, I just can't even, that would, I don't even know what that would even be like. And it would be just so sad to think that all those different things pushed them to do something that just didn't, you know, it just wasn't worth, the juice wasn't worth the squeeze. Um, at least for those who actually care about people, you know, their fellow humans. Um, so again, I, I, it's also tough because again, you don't ever know, like, I don't think there's going to be a, a switch that flips that says, Hey, everything's good. It's not like a, an oven timer where it's like, Bing! you know, everything, everybody can go back outside. It's you're good to go. It's not really that kind of a thing. So there's always going to be risk um, until we have, you know, as you know, everybody knows vaccines or, you know, whatever, some sort of cure. But um, yeah, I just think, like I said, uh, fundamentally, there are a lot of people working, some some working because they just are short-sighted, but then some people are working on trying to figure this out because, again, if they do in a couple months say, hey, actually, we're good, if they haven't prepared for that, you know, eventuality, then um, now they're kind of, you know, uh, sitting, you know, with their, with their hands in, in places, as they said. So, yeah, um, I mean, there's one thing, it's one thing about preparation. There's one thing about trying to, there's one thing to be prepared. I hear that part. Nothing to type, t say it publicly as if that's, that's the reality, which is not. Um, so I think, yeah, you're right. Everyone should have a plan, but to, to declare it as if like in May, all of a sudden the thousand people dying a day in the UK is just going to drop is like, we don't know, but how, like Joseph was saying, how the UK has, has responded to this, it doesn't look like that's going to go away um, in May for people to be even at a level to practice. Yeah. I mean, with, with Neil's favorite uh, PM, you know, recovery, um, you know, maybe that's the, <laughs> um, no, no, man, I, again, I'm a hundred percent with you. Um, so it'll be, like I said, it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. Um, but I think even, like I said, fun, even with the, 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 the media outlets, it's in their interest as well, because I'm sure again, the readership, the viewership, and all that kind of stuff is down a bit. And now, if they can put out an article that even just hints at some sort of idea of a plan, all of a sudden people are like clicking, like, oh, let me read. What, you know, is there something new? <laughs> Could this possibly happen? You know what I mean? Like, so that's another reason, too, why when I see these articles, it's kind of like, I don't go and read all 10, 10 that come across my desk. 
Uh, you know, you read a couple just to see if there's something new in it, but otherwise it's kind of like until there's a real, um, you know, there's a real end in sight, it's not worth kind of getting your head all caught up in it. Yeah, for sure. And thinking about, you know, and we're, we're going to take another break. Um, and then when we come back, we will talk about uh, uh, some other unfortunate decisions uh, from Major League Soccer. <laughs> uh, we're going to take one more break, and then we're going to come out and talk about Lionel Messi. So thank you for sticking with us. Uh, our last topic uh, today is going to be, uh, we covered Lionel Messi a little bit last week uh, with uh, transfer market uh, rankings as far as um, his pole position and being and being on a list as far as trade bait for Barcelona. And that was just conjecture and rumor. And now there's a report that his contract may be in limbo because of Barcelona's legal troubles. Now, Lionel Messi has his own legal troubles of his own related to tax shelters and things of that nature. I was Walk just about to ask. I was just about to ask about that because I hadn't heard about this either. Uh, and I really do apologize about not reading the docket before coming in here. But no, it's fine. It's fine. Quite a few things to do at work today. Yeah, it's fine. It's just totally fine. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, I mean, this, you know, last week we talked about the possibility of Lionel Messi being trade bait, right? And the idea that it was ludicrous that he would be trade bait because he's one of the greatest players to ever play the game. Um, and, you know, uh, I don't want to recycle my same argument from last week, but I almost feel like I have to because, <laughs> because Lionel Messi, despite being one of the greatest players to ever play the game, um, currently is the talisman for Barcelona's football club. And literally, is they are literally every season trying to figure out what pieces can we fit around that are going to work with him. They're literally, they, they, they don't care about the seniority of the other players. They literally let Andreas Iniesta go because of his, uh, because uh, despite the fact that he is the re he was the real talisman of that club, they just let him go to China or Japan, Japan, um, and, you know, play elsewhere. Um, and Andreas is one of the greatest midfield. Andreas Iniesta is one of the greatest midfielders to ever play the game. So the fact that he's now, uh, you know, in China um, or Japan, I, I can't remember which league. But he, but regardless, uh, it's a situation for me where I look at a player like a Lionel Messi and look at these contract situations. Um, and look at Barcelona as a football club being in trouble. And it kind of ties into our first segment um, where Sheldon was talking about La Liga and the parody there, despite the fact that Haitham is not a fan <laughs> of La Liga. I mean, the truth yeah, is... Haitham just, just came in and just was like, okay, so Bon La Liga, you know, so... <laughs> tell you, debate with your mom, um, debate with auntie. Just like, just straight disrespect. I'm thinking to myself, the league is not that bad, Bridget. It, <laughs> but that's another discussion. So, so Hytham, on that note, I'm, 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 I'm handing this to you to start with, with potentially Lionel Messi possibly going to another club and potentially another league. Because Cristiano Ronaldo, apparently, there was the rumor last summer that when he was going to Juventus, that he was going to potentially he he, quote unquote, always wanted to play alongside Lionel Messi, right? So there was this idea that <laughs> wait a minute, Juventus. Yes, yes. I trust me. 
and and it and it wasn't in the Sun, but it was in several other uh, papers uh, <laughs> that there was a possibility that you know, and there and there's a Ronaldo quote of him saying he wants to play like it. It wasn't when he was going to Juventus, but there were previous quotes of Cristiano Ronaldo saying he always wanted to play with Lionel Messi. Now Cristiano Ronaldo is not playing in La Liga. He's playing at and he, he's playing in Syria. So with that in mind, this isn't a scenario question of will Lionel Messi play with Juventus alongside him. This isn't that question because that's a ridiculous that that's even that's only on FIFA Ultimate Team and Pez. This isn't reality. So speaking, so like in, in so Hytham, in in reality, where do you see Lionel Messi landing if it's not in Barcelona next season? And I'll start with you. Well, I, I don't think he's gonna leave. But your question is, what is he? Where is he going? Um, you know, the only place uh, seriously that I could see him playing um, at other than Barcelona is PSG. Um, I mean, they have the money; they can pay his wages. Um, it's another mediocre league, um, so he's gonna really thrive there. Um, I mean, is he just PSG and everybody else? <laughs> You're right. You're right. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I, I I enjoy watching Messi. I think he's he's the best player nowadays out there. Um, but at the same time, I think you put him in the Premier League, for example, um, it's not a given that he's going to win every other year or every year. Um, so back to what I was saying, it looks to me, if he leaves, uh, it looks to me that PSG is, is, is you know, uh, he'll fit well there. Um, I can see, because Neymar wants to play with him. Or he wants Neymar to play with him, or whatever. So I could, I could see that as a, a strong possibility. Uh, will, 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 will PSG win the Champions League with him? Nope, it's not going to happen. <laughs> They're still not winning. Just like Manchester City. Um, uh, uh, and uh, Ama, I'm, I'm, I'm bringing that question to you. Uh, yeah. So, besides, you know. I, I, you can also say PSV. You can say another club. Well, you know, it would be it would be absolutely fascinating to see him playing with uh, Cristiano Ronaldo. At least, you know, both of them with their walkers, just <laughs> hobbling down <laughs> up the field, try, trying to make magic happen for the people. It, it would be cool. Um, <laughs> I I think that you know he's he's not done. He has a, a lot left in the tank, and leaving Barcelona uh, is probably the wrong move, but Barcelona, you know, has shown that they have no idea what they're doing. Um, and I, and actually, uh, my hope is that this coronavirus crisis has shocked the football market so, so much that, you know, the inflated prices, the inflated prices for players will be suppressed somewhat for a couple of seasons and that the financial positions of clubs will be affected such that they can't afford to do this crazy, make these crazy bidding wars and, and um, lure all the best talent and concentrate them all in the one or two clubs. So my, my, 
you know, I'd like to see Lionel you know, Messi go somewhere unexpected, some small team, go develop the next, me- you know, the next, you know, wonder kid. And rather than, you know, glory hunt, because he's accomplished uh, so much in his career that he doesn't, you know, if he stopped today, he'd be, you know, still be in the pantheon of the greatest footballers of all time. So, so I don't need him to go anywhere specific, but I mean, if he just wants to ride the bench and like um, mentor a young Gabriel Martinelli, come to Arsenal. <laughs> uh, Jonathan, what do you think? <laughs> Um, if he went anywhere, I don't think he'll be in Europe. I think, yeah, think the, like Argentina. Yeah, he would definitely go back. I I don't see it. I, it's it's yeah, like like I'm gonna say, like I can't see him glory hunting, and I can't see him playing for another club in Europe. I think Barcelona, just you know, maybe it's uh just part of the the PR about how much. Barcelona took care of him and his family when he was coming up, um, paying for his like his uh, his surgeries and his medical treatment and all that. Uh, that could be just a big PR stunt. Um, well, I mean, has truth to it, but a PR stunt to emphasize how much he meant to Barcelona, what Barcelona means to him. But I know, I mean, I bought into it, so I, I can't see him going to any other club um, in Europe. He, I can see him going back to New York. Mm-hmm. Going back to, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead, go ahead. You could see him go back to where is what, what was what I was saying. Oh, to um, his old club before he went to Barcelona, um, Newell's, Newell's Old Boys. All right, let's go with Sheldon. What are your thoughts? We're, if if Messi goes somewhere next summer, based on these contract issues, where do you see him going? Crazy? No. Um... I he's not I going know. to Liverpool. Well, he's not no. going to Liverpool. I don't even. I don't know. <laughs> oh my God! Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. I don't, I don't he can't, he can't win there. Oh. <laughs> he can't. He can't win there. Anybody's you know going to Liverpool I'm not now. Even, I'm not. No, actually, I don't want him at, at Liverpool. I think it would just be a just an absolute crazy show, um, which doesn't really fit the story of uh, Liverpool. But I, I think. What everyone said, I pretty much agree that um, it would be really tough to see him go anywhere else in Europe. It, it's almost like this Brady leaving the Patriots um, kind of a situation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and the only difference is that Brady, like him leaving, if he left, like he doesn't have anywhere else to go but within the league. You know what I mean? Like so, it's not like he said, "Oh, I can go, you know, play." Like he wasn't going to play in the XFL or something like that. You know what I mean? like that just wasn't, wasn't going to happen. But it was one of those things where they put that off for so long and it just became untenable. But if, if they had found some way, he would, he would have never left. Um, but I, like I said, I just think about it in a similar fashion where um, I can't see him, you know, simply chasing glory. Like, you know, uh, even again, going back to the Brady thing, people at one point were talking about him going to the – Indianapolis Colts, um, and but then people talking about, well, that was like Peyton's place. Could you see yourself kind of stepping into that energy? Um, and the questions that would come with it, and like I don't think that would, you know, that would have really been a good fit for Brady. But um, similarly for Messi, the only place right now that I could see 
making any sense is PSG only because of the Neymar connection. Um, but beyond that, I think if he's saying, you know what, I'm done with Barca, um, I do see that this him maybe going back home because it's like that's a different animal altogether and you can have your, you know, uh, end of career story at home in front of your, you know, your family, as it were. Um, and so that's a story to be told. That's a completely different story to be told. Right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's, that's like I said, those are my, my thoughts. And finally, Joseph. So let's be absolutely clear here. Um, if I think it's more likely that Lionel Messi will go to jail over the tax stuff than he leaves Barcelona. <laughs> like, that's... <laughs> That's, not, that's, that's just straight <laughs> off right? That's straight, straight away. Straight away. Like, no, go to jail, sir. <laughs> that's what you should be doing, you dirty, dirty boy. But at the end of the day, like, if he's going anyway, if we must speculate, right? Uh, I, it's difficult. I think there's validity to the Inter thing. And I could realistically see him playing for Inter. Like, that would be an excellent side, and I'd love to see him and Romelu Lukaku just slap up the league. That would be absolutely fantastic to watch. But it would be nice to see Messi in Serie A opposite Ronaldo. I know they're talking about, like, basically football's version of wrestling's The Mega Powers, if you remember when Hulk Hogan and Macho Man Randy Savage teamed up to form that tag team. That's essentially what you're proposing here. But it's just a bit too fantasy, you get me? So realistically though if he does go anywhere i think there's a fair few people at newell old boys which i'm understanding that that's who he supported and that's where he came up as a kid um i think there's a fair few men back there that'd be like well if you're going anywhere you might as well come home that i think there'll be a few people that will expect that of him and i feel like a lot of argentinian players after they finish doing their you know journeyman act or if they're just abroad for a long time, they do come back. All of them do it. Ronaldo has done that. He went to Corinthians. Um, you know, Rivaldo's done it too. Like, um, if you look at Argentine players, Carlos Tevez did it to, when he came back to Boca. Um, they all come. They all come back. Diego Buonanotte for um, what you call it? River Plate. Um, they all come back. They all come back. And there's just something about that culture. And it's not just Argentina, all of these countries that, you know, some of them, most of them do come back. So, like, it's, I think that's more realistic for Messi. He'll go back to Argentina if he's absolutely going anywhere. But if, I just don't see him getting out of that deal at Barcelona. They'll want him to retire there. Like, that is the expectation, and they will move hell and high water to get it done. Don't get me wrong, club's an absolute bloody soap opera. Like, I'm ready for as the new camp turns to really die down now. Like I'm really, I'm ready for it to be over. It's, it's pathetic what's going on over there, but so be it. So yeah, Inter, if he does go to another European team, he won't be coming to the Premier League. So everybody get that out of your head. Um, can you see him in a Newcastle United shirt? I can't, but stranger things <laughs> happen. Yeah. That'd be and if he's, Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, sorry. And if he's going anywhere realistically, if we must entertain this, even though he should realistically be going to jail, but if we're going anywhere, he's got to go back to Newell and just and just give it one last bash because yeah. the 
the Super League Argentina is very competitive. May not be have all the money and glitz and glamour. I mean, although again, Boca Juniors and Rangers. Uh, sorry, Boca Junior Rangers. <laughs> Boca Junior. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I blame Steven Gerrard. But um, those two clubs are, you know, all the clubs in Argentina are publicly owned. And they're all very competitive. You can see that when they go to continental level with a couple of the Botadores. So, yep. Yeah, and for me, uh, just to you know wrap this thought up before we close out this episode, I, I would love a situation where he goes to PSG. I thought that was a great uh, point made by several folks on the on the show. Um, I I could see a situation where he goes to. I could honestly see a situation where he jo- where he goes to Juventus. Or enter. Um, I could see a situation where he goes to the where David Beckham calls him up and says, "You know, those rumors are true. Let's let's yuck it up here at Inter Miami and really terrorize the MLS." Um, uh, because he wouldn't be the first Argentinian to go to the MLS and do amazing things. Um, and 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 if he was, he wouldn't be the last. I think his final destination is his home club. Uh, I, I, I think that makes the most logical sense. Obviously, as Joseph said, you know, with everything happening at the Camp Nou, it's, you know, it's always in turmoil. Um, and it's going to be very interesting to see what happens next uh, with this kind of situation. Obviously, with things in pandemic mode, stranger things have happened. Um, and the story kind of struck me. It kind of struck the WhatsApp group and we wanted to talk about it because, you know, that's what we do here every week. Uh, we try to bring you the beautiful game news every week uh, in the spite of the fact that at the moment, temporarily, we're in a quarantine. So thank you for listening to another great episode of the Banter Pub FC podcast. Stay tuned for future episodes where we are going to likely have twice as many people and, uh, you know, Keep those listen. Keep keep on listening. Keep supporting. We're going to be on Apple Music very soon. So for 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 those of you waiting for that, that is coming down the pipeline. Um, listen to us on all other podcast networks um, and stay tuned as uh, new greater sponsorships happen and some new surprises as well. Thank you for listening. <laughs>